houses wherein men have lived and died are haunted houses. Through the open doors, the harmless phantoms on their errands glide with feet that make no sound upon the floors. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Greetings, creeps, and welcome to my podcast, This House is Haunted. Over the next several weeks, I'll be sharing my personal experience of having spent two years in a haunted house in eastern Kentucky. Due to the spooky nature of this podcast, I recommend you keep the young'uns under 13 out of the room while I take you into a world filled with things that go bump in the night. Well, that's the last of it, Dad said, casting himself unceremoniously onto the brown floral patterned sofa that seemed to show up in everybody's living room in the late 1980s. You know the one that was that heinous shade of mud brown and cream, so it was perfect for young'uns in the house because it wouldn't show the inevitable stains of a time when kids still played outside and brought some of that mud back in. His wife, Vaughn, walked by with a box of kitchen items, swarping his feet off the couch as she went. No feet on the couch, mister. My sister and I chuckled as Dad made a silly face behind Mama's back as she bustled through the wood-paneled hallway and into the kitchen that stood at the front of the house. That moment stood out to me because it was the first time I had smiled since seeing the house from the bottom of the driveway. Hey, girls, why don't you go and look around while I try to sneak in a nap? The ride from Indiana had been uneventful, but was a grueling eight hours, plus the inevitable potty break every hour traveling with two little girls and one very well-hydrated teenage boy. Dad had driven the whole way down while Mama fielded all the sibling dramas that unfolded during the trip. Dad didn't wait for an answer before tossing his arm across his eyes to shield from the rays of sunshine that danced off of the chandelier in the middle of the room. The chandelier was all glass with pearls of glass hanging down and they refracted the light perfectly. Earl was of average height, hovering between 5'11 and 6 feet tall depending on how hard or soft the ground was where he was standing. He had the kind of brown hair that shifted shades in the sun, hence the gold and amber swirled into the overall earth and brown. You could count on him wearing his faithful blue jeans and flannels when it was time to work with his livestock, but he never left the house without a collared shirt tucked in neatly and smelling of Old Spice cologne. He lifted his arm, peeking one tired hazel eye out, as and said, Tell Wayne he needs to start unpacking his room and take that danged Walkman off for the five seconds so he can hear me. With that, he rolled over facing the back of the couch and was still. Our brother, who was 17 at the time, walked through the front door, Walkman firmly in place, no doubt listening to Motley Crue as loud as humanly possible. He was average height for his age with the lean build of an athlete, his dark hair falling just above his ears in the sort of shag cut popular in the 1980s. He'd been wearing his headphones since leaving Indiana so that he wouldn't be roped into car games by my sister and I. We were always trying to get him to play with us, but he was far too cool to play games with his little sisters. 
and he wasn't exactly happy about leaving behind the friends he had grown up with in Indiana. He hadn't said much, besides are we there yet, on the way to Kentucky, and he didn't seem overjoyed about the isolated nature of the house. In Indiana, we had lived near a lake in a subdivision with no shortage of neighbors or playmates, and he was pretty sad about leaving all his friends behind. His only response after seeing our new home was to sigh and then close his eyes until Earl tapped him on his shoulder and motioned for him to get to work with helping to unload the truck. With Daddy taking a nap, Wayne had decided it was a good time to roost in the reading nook that was attached to the bay windows in the living room. He was hum singing along to himself blissfully unaware or willfully ignorant of my calls to him from across the room. I waved my arms dramatically to get his attention, and he reluctantly pulled down one headphone piece. What? he said, with a sort of disdain only teenage siblings can harness. Daddy said he wants you to start unpacking now. I always felt important when I was the messenger telling my brother what to do, but that only lasted as long as it took Wayne time to respond, as he wasn't as keen on it as I was. Well, he's sleeping, so I don't see why it matters what I do right this minute. And with that, he turned and walked back out the front door, no doubt to sulk in the yard and lament his ill fortune to end up in Kentucky with a little sister who dared to tell him what to do. I stood there a moment, glaring out the front door, thinking of all the things I could or should have said in response to Wayne when I felt a slight tug on my sleeve thinking my sister was signaling me to join her on our imminent grand adventure of exploring the new house. I turned impatiently, ready to tell her I would be there when I was good and ready, only to find out I was alone. The air held just the slightest hint of chill, like an October evening when the sun starts to dip down for the night. Hadn't it been kind of stuffy in here just a few seconds ago? Startled, I scanned the room only to see my little sister walking back from the kitchen, a Huggies Kool-Aid drink in hand, with a signature Kool-Aid mustache, which meant she'd been out of the room for at least long enough to take a couple swigs and stain her upper lip. Daddy was still lying in the same position on the couch, and I could still hear Mama humming and the familiar clangs of dishes and pans being put away. My heart was hammering in my chest, and I rushed over to my sister. How'd you do that, I asked, fear making my voice crack and waver. You almost scared me to death tugging on my sleeve like that. As I was talking, she raised an eyebrow in a way that should have been far too cynical for someone so young and said, Are you nuts? I was in the kitchen getting something to drink. Any hope I had about her just being a sneaky little sister evaporated leaving me to wonder who or what had pulled on my sleeve. Had I imagined it? Was I that tired? That had to be what it was. I was just tired from playing I Spy instead of napping on the trip and now being someplace new was messing with me. I liked the idea of me being confused way more than the thought that something I couldn't touch could touch me. So I decided to believe... It was just me being tired. I just imagined it. That's what little kids do. I imagine things all the time. What's the word Mama used to describe it? Creative. Yes, 
I was tired. End of story. My sister hadn't noticed my inner turmoil and reached out to take my hand and pull me forward. Let's go exploring. There was no fear in her voice, no reservation, and I found it infectious. Surely if she wasn't scared of the house and she was the little sister, I as the big sister could be brave too. In spite of the creepy Carly's, I was experiencing being in the house. The siren song of exploration was too strong for my young mind to refuse, so my sister Molly and I set out to do a proper tour of our new home. We could hear Mama humming pleasantly as she wiped down cabinets and placed our dishes inside as we walked through the hallway into the dining room. It was a room completely surrounded in a rich, dark wood paneling with a large window facing the hillside beside the house. I remember walking in and smelling a mixture of stagnant air and something sweeter like honeysuckle bushes after the rain. I remember thinking that was odd because it was winter and honeysuckle wouldn't be in bloom for a while. The smell intensified as we reached the center of the room. Smells good in here, Molly said, smiling wide as she ran her fingers along the wood panel. You think Mama's making cookies in there? She hasn't even unpacked the dishes yet, so I don't think so, I said, looking around the room for the source of the scent that was becoming more faint each second. The room was colder than the rest of the house, causing goosebumps to rise across my forearms and neck. Let's check out the next room, I said as my sister was looking out the window. Mama said that one could be our playroom. With the mention of a playroom, my sister beelined for the door, leading further back into the house. The playroom we entered was small, not much bigger than most bathrooms, with no windows. It got the sense that no one had been in there in a long time, the smells of dust, age tickling my nose, but it didn't feel empty to me. The smell of honeysuckle didn't follow us there, but the cold seemed to intensify, the hairs on my arms now standing at full attention. Something was wrong with this room. It felt heavy and somehow crowded, even though my sister and I were the only ones in there. All was silent, save for Mama's humming drifting down the hallway. But it was a pregnant silence that you sometimes feel when you know someone has something to say, but they're not quite sure how to say it. I don't want to play in this room, my sister said, walking directly to the next one. As she walked through the doorway towards the back of the house, I caught the glimpse of a shadow just ahead of her darting into the next room. It was tall, much taller than my five-year-old sister, and moved so quickly I almost thought I must have imagined it. There were no discernible features because it moved so fast, and I was shocked to see anything in the room ahead of us since we knew everyone else was either napping or unpacking in their respective places. My sister hadn't seen the shadow, so she moved into the room without pause. I took my job as big sister very seriously and wasn't about to let some creepy shadow grab her up, so I raced over to her after those few seconds of shock wore off. I was half expected to hear her scream or cry or maybe hear our brother tell us to get out of his room. This was the room he claimed, in the back of the house with its own door. I thought maybe he'd ventured in when we weren't looking, and it was his shadow I'd seen so clearly in the hallway, but 
Molly was the only one standing there, looking around with vague interest. It was so cold in the room, I half expected to see my breath come out in shallow waves. My hands started to shake with the realization that there was nothing here that could have explained the shadows. Wayne's room was facing the mountain, so no traffic reflections or neighbors could be seen. Only the forest stretching back for several acres until it hit a rock wall where Daddy had mentioned abandoned coal mines existed. My sister had clearly not seen the shadow and there was no way I was going to mention it. I was the big sister and big sisters didn't go around spooking the little ones. Besides, there had to be some sort of reason for the shadow that I just wasn't thinking of. Grown-ups would probably know better, so on we went. We examined three more bedrooms in the bathroom before circling back to the living room where Daddy was still snoring deeply on the couch. Mama had an unfinished pack in the kitchen and was sitting in a recliner placed close to the large bay windows in the living room. Her brow beaded in sweat and her dark curly hair pulled back by an elastic band. Her dark, soulful brown eyes looked very tired, but she was still scanning the room full of boxes for what she would be unpacking next. When she noticed my sister and I, she waved us over, motioning that we should be quiet as Daddy's snores echoed through the room. You girls having fun looking around? She asked as we sat in the reading nook that faced the window. My sister replied, I don't like the playroom very much. It's too dark and it's really cold. My mom frowned and said, Huh, well we have central heat and air so it should be working in there. I'll have your daddy check it to make sure the vents are closed. At the mention of his name, my dad rolled over and began to sit up slowly. Did I hear my name? He sat on the edge of the couch, stretching as he yawned like one of those big old tigers I'd seen at the zoo. I don't like the da- the playroom, Daddy. Can we just play outside, I said. My sister asked as we walked over and hopped on the couch next to him. Now you girls know I ain't gonna tell you not to go play outside, but y'all look spooked like you saw a ghost or something. You, you girls doing all right? I was alarmed by the mention of the word ghost, but my sister just laughed and said, We didn't see any ghosts, Daddy, but I don't like that room. That playroom's awful. Like, it ain't got no windows or nothing. And it's so cold back there. Here, Mommy spoke up and said, Yeah, Earl, I'm going to need you to go back there and check and make sure them vents are working good because the girl said it's freezing back there. Daddy stretched once again and said, I'll be right on it, Vaughn. I took a seat on the floor next to Mama, and she started to braid my hair while she hummed peacefully and looked around the room to continue to get an idea of what she was going to do with the rest of these boxes. My mind was racing of what I thought I'd seen, and I was unsettled. My shoulders were tense, and I just couldn't relax, and all I could think was, What had that been? What was that shadow? It wouldn't be until much later that I'd find out the hard way. Well, hello there, creeps. Welcome to the hills and hollers of eastern Kentucky. In the coming episodes, I'll be sharing my experiences of having spent two years living inside of a haunted house with my family. 
I'm so glad you're here to listen along, and I hope you'll stick around to see how things pan out for me and mine. If you like the show, I hope you'll consider sharing it with your friends and family to get the word out before Season 2 starts October 7th. I'm a one-woman show, so every like, share, and review makes my little heart go pitter-patter. It sure would mean a lot if you'd take the time to give me a rating or whatever streaming service you're using. That way we can bring some new listeners to the pod, keep things rolling. You can also follow This House's Haunted Podcast on Facebook and Instagram for updates, photos, and just general spookiness. Keep an eye out for special episode content while I work on getting things just right for Season 2, just in time for spooky season. Until we meet again, keep it creepy, and don't go chasing any voices you hear in the night.